Hello and good evening. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. We are the folks who are going to help you find the method of madness, reason and the unreasonable, and make sense out of nonsense because this is okay. Hear me out. Aaron and Bob, how y'all doing this evening? I want to I want to take over the intro for a week and, and see if Please yeah. yes, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the exact opposite as you and just do super low energy. Uh, kind of like Casey. You, you want people to like, kind of like turn it off the two seconds in. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, can reflect the energy of the show of the host right here and uh, <laughs> just quit. <laughs> just quit while I'm behind. Yeah, Are you guys exactly. excited to learn why we're retarded and who wrote all the books in school and why they want us retarded? Hey, hey, before we learn that, I'd like to remind everyone that we are on the Fediverse. That is OKHMO at PirateRadio.Social. Uh, come interact with us, comment on episodes, uh, respond to clips, and federate with us. And also, Aaron, we have a voicemail number that people do call into regularly. Yes, yes, obviously. Uh, 1-833-666-0911. That's one 0911 Okay, anyways, we're going to get to the voicemails in a second, but I just wanted to pop that in there. Are you excited for it? Because... The education system is completely fucked, and it's been that way for like a hundred years. What are you or talking at least about? The plan started a hundred years ago. Our education system is bar none. I, I don't think there's any other country in the world that has an education education system that is as good as ours. Well, except for that one country where every student has an iPad. That, that one's better. <laughs> well, I agree. <laughs> I, I honestly agree with that. It just depends on what your goal is. Good at what? Because if it's good at making a bunch of Aaron, factories, define education. Well, if it's to, is that what you're doing right now? Yeah, if it's to make a uh, as many cubicle slaves as possible, then we're killing it. We're doing awesome. But if it's actually to educate you, uh, then no, we're not great. But okay, before we get into that though, we do have a couple of voicemails, but they're from the same person. Must not have gotten all of his thoughts out in the first one. <laughs> Say that again. Uh, we have we have two voicemails that I was waiting for you to play, oh. but you went to a retarded stupor and just stared blankly. <laughs> well, I'm downloading the voicemails, but why are we doing them at the start? We do them we at always the do end? them at the start. Oh no, we don't. We've always done them at the end. What are you talking about, Aaron? <laughs> That's why I'm confused. Like what? <laughs> oh well, let's just do them at the start. Might as well. All right, all right. I'm I'm fine doing the mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Start. All right. Oh, okay. Hey, answering your question about which one of you are idiots, uh, everyone except Aaron. I don't listen to this podcast for skepticism on weird ideas. I want to hear more about that Tartarian Empire. Jesus fucking Christ! You don't know a carny ad when you're reading one. Please love you. <laughs> Wait, what was that last sentence? You don't know a carny head when you're eating one. Uh, I I couldn't really That's make it out. Hold on. One carny ad when you're reading. Don't know a carny ad when you're reading one. Oh, a carny ad when you're reading one. Oh, a carny. Okay, okay. Yeah, I still know what that's referencing. What does that mean? A carnival ad. Have you ever been to the carnival? Yeah. What is? Oh, because he's saying it's like gotcha. All right. And, and you're the not retarded one. Awesome. Thanks, Bobby. Yep, you're, the, you're the reason everyone listens, Aaron. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And his second one. 
Hey, quick question. Does anyone still give a shit about the Bermuda Triangle? No. Mm. I swear that was like a thing That's a good I question. Like, I don't... About for a while. Huh. Yeah, no, no one cares about it. In my opinion, the Bermuda what? Triangle is literally was to scare people away in the 90s on those nature documentaries so that NASA could keep sh- launching space shuttles into the Bermuda Triangle and then go pick them up. That's it. It's because it's where space is. That's where the rockets go. If you just follow the parabolic <laughs> curve that they all make out over the ocean, they just launch them into the Bermuda Triangle and then go pick them up. It's, it's that simple. So, so that that's the consensus at this point because I yeah I haven't heard about it for like you know the ten years since I saw a documentary or two where it's talking about oh all these planes went missing and these ships are shipwrecked oh, all the treasure that must be there the Bermuda Triangle but the weather is too unpredictable too insane don't definitely don't sail there yourself it's dangerous that's that's the last thing I heard about it they're always voiced by that same guy who's like the on those shows like I shouldn't have survived it's like then Andrew took his ship out <laughs> into the Bermuda Triangle where. All of his radio equipment uh, stopped working, and that yeah, wasn't even the worst. Well. Like, yeah, it's just fucking so stupid. God, I so it's just NASA shows. shit. That's that's what we're sticking with, I guess. Unless Bob has any actual curiosity about this, I have none. I really don't give a shit. It was like just a bunch of fucking retards running around telling people not to sail in a certain part of the ocean because there's more storms than than other places it's like shut the fuck up yeah and then like Like, was it in that where amelia earnhardt also is supposed to have disappeared into yeah you know like yeah you know it's a fake theory when the history channel runs it like they run like did aliens build the pyramids like do planes go just do planes disappear in the bermuda triangle (laughs) we're gonna find out we don't need a magical it's, geographic location to figure out how a woman crashed an airplane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my generation's version of my generation's version of the MTV used to play music videos is the History Channel used to show history. Um, that clearly isn't the case for. You know. <laughs> Speaking of history, <laughs> oy vey. Ooh. <laughs> Dude, education is insane. It, it became so corporatized so much longer ago than I thought. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Before we get into the topic of the day, let's do a Science Says segment. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> we did have the <laughs> no, so we do that at the end, Bob. Don't be an idiot. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to ruin the format. Okay. Uh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Bobby. Uh, okay education what have we learned educate us from the educators um okay so basically we went into what is called a factory model of schooling and it started in 1902 when john d rockefeller uh he created the general education board and just started funding, providing like this insane amount of funding to all these different schools and basically created a uh, like a uniformed way to run school. And it's literally the way that we run them now. So like what they were trying to accomplish was to have standardized teaching, testing and learning rates um, in all schools um, it, and amplify a respect for authority over the exploration of truth. And to have uniformity over innovation. Which 
Does that sound familiar? Does it sound like your guys' uh, high school experience? Uh, uh, well, I, I went to onto Catholic school where they they fostered my creative spirit and uh, <laughs> gave me the the freedom to pursue uh, you know pursue knowledge to its, its very extent. Yeah, those are all you? known for that really well. <laughs> How many ruler bruises did it take for you to get the uh, Stockholm syndrome necessary to say that sentence? His knuckles are just like fucking all mangled now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I swear those are cat bites. Um, not <laughs> Somehow that's worse. <laughs> So, so, so Bob, what was your education experience like? Yeah, that I, that generally sums up what was happening in uh, my history through like K through twelve, like the especially the uniformity over innovation, like idea. It, <laughs> it's really yeah. bad. You probably didn't even wear a school uniform. Actually, Come on. it reminds that reminds me. I we had. Uh, do you guys remember Elizabeth Smart? A little Name bit. sounds familiar, yeah. but I, I don't. No. That was the news story where the girl got kidnapped, but then they found her like six months later, like three miles from her home, hanging out with some like hippie dude, and she was apparently oh. brainwashed, and it was like this big story. So they ended up finding this Elizabeth Smart girl with some like weird like fifty year old brainwashed into believing what that if she didn't hang out with them he was going to kill her family and so like then she started like uh as she behaved she got more like privileges she could go out in public but somebody recognized her because she was a national news story for like six months straight um it's the girl from the milk carton basically if that milk carton was like cnn and every major news network for like all day every day it was like a huge story but was she we were, was she underage or something like that? Why was yeah? Big... She was like fourteen or fifteen. Like she wasn't that under. Like she wasn't. I don't remember exactly her age, but she was a thirteen, give or take two or three years. Um, okay. But I in my science class, our teacher decided once they found Elizabeth Smart and had a happy ending, and she was going to talk to us about how how you brainwash people, and. Uh, <laughs> And? I remember just saying, like, she go, she just made a statement where she said, you can brainwash somebody in less than 24 hours. And I said, I don't think you can do that. And she's like, yeah, they could get you to forget your name in that period of time. And I was like, what? How, what are you talking about? How? And she's like, put it. What? So she's like, you put them in a dark closet <laughs> and tell them what their new name is and deprive them of food. And until they accept that, like, they don't get food and i was like yeah i would just be like yeah my name's bob and uh i could i have a cheeseburger please and that's i think the comment i made to her and uh, i'm like it doesn't mean i'm gonna forget my name and she's like aaron is there anything that you don't understand that could still possibly be true and i was like yeah of course and then she (laughs) fucking freaked out and told me to shut up so then at that we had like a double period because it was science we had lab after that and out in the hallway somebody's like wow what was that about i was like i don't know she's just a dumb cunt that can't take anyone disagreeing with her and she heard me (laughs) (laughs) and kicked everybody out of the class and proud of you i'm so proud of you just me and her in there and she's just screaming at me and then she pulled she locked you in a closet and convinced you that your name was uh Aaron and to yeah, today, I don't still call you Aaron. I don't even know what my real name is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a closet for like I don't know, like thirty six minutes, and I got a little bit uh, peckish, so I forgot who I was <laughs> in my entire identity. <laughs> 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 but, 
Yeah, and she even pulled the uh, the classic like second grade trick where she's like, "I was gonna let you have the weekend off, guys, but after that, here's a huge pile of homework." And I called her out on that too. I was like, "What are we all five? You're, like, <laughs> it's still your decision if you give us homework just because you you had a disagreement with somebody doesn't mean it's my fault." Just because and, a, a child made you look like a complete fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. So yeah, that was my. Uh, that's the old. That, that's my example of uniformity in the public uh, education system. But uh, wait, I thought the the moral of the story was supposed to be that they did successfully brainwash uh, all the kids in America by locking them in these uh, uh, closet type schools and um, convincing them that their names were a submissive employee or whatever. Oh, they did. They brainwashed all of us. That's why at that same time we were like. I guess terrorists just hate our freedom and crash planes into buildings. Like that was the like that time period. Two thousand. <laughs> I mean, considering we we hate their we hate their authoritarianism and despotism. Of course, they hate our freedom. Like it only makes sense. Yeah, we have to have the TSA because somebody might have a tuxedo shoe bomb. Um, you know that those kind of things. We thought that. D- don't say you've never thought of thought like you know imagine that up before. Like back in nineteen ninety nine, it was all the rage. It, it appeared in the TV show and it. So yeah, it was just so that was uh, they so Rockefeller start the Rockefeller Foundation, and in 1902 they create the General Education Board. Um, they basically spent 129 million, which I think if you translate it into our inflated 2020 dollars, that's like I don't know 17 trillion dollars, something like that. And uh, they start funding all these schools and start changing all the curriculum. And this is his exact quote when he's talking about how he wants the education, uh, how he wants education. So John D. Rockefeller said, I don't want a nation of thinkers. I want a nation of workers. And then, I mean, we're all complaining these days about how none of our education, none of the education system teaches us to do anything practical and how we'd rather have, you know, trade skills and shop class and all that to get people to, oh no, you know, actually don't confuse that hard work is be marketable work is good but a nation of thinkers works for themselves a nation of workers like rockefeller wanted works in a cubicle wanting to blow their brains out and listens to like msnbc i I think aaron just doesn't believe in contributing his uh doing his part for society and contributing according to his abilities yeah right that's all i believe in dude i believe in like tithing like i you know put your 10 (laughs) percent towards shit. oh yeah no i (laughs) I believe in that hardcore, but, uh, so he worked with this guy named Frederick T. Gates, who worked with him from like 1890 to like 19 in the 1920s until he like died, like 1923 or something. Once this guy died, his quote in 1913, nine years after this, after founding the general education board, um, and he's the one that's, he's talking about the education system they're trying to implement here. So, tell me if this sounds like the kind of education system that you would want for you or your children. (laughs) In our dream, we have limitless resources, and the people yield themselves with perfect docility to our molding hand. The present educational conventions fade from our minds, and, unhampered by tradition, we work our own goodwill upon a grateful and responsive rural folk. 
We shall not try to make these people or any of their children into philosophers or men of learning or of science. We are not to raise up among them authors, orators, poets, or men of letters. We shall not search for embryo great artists, painters, musicians. Nor will we cherish even the humbler ambition to raise up from among them lawyers, doctors, preachers, statesmen, of whom we now have ample supply. This, this sounds like a modern-day Democratic politician talking about the inner city. <laughs> or about Common Core. <laughs> That's the backroom conversation. <laughs> yeah, those are always the backroom conversations, yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds like uh, his prophecy has been fulfilled. His goal has been fulfilled in, in this. Endeavor, oh, yeah. At least in the United States. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, name me any other, like, institution that is as soul-sucking and just destructive on, like, the creative mind than the the standard and widespread uniformity of the public school system. Oh, it's horrible. Is, it's literally yeah. run like a prison. When we talk about, we, like, would laugh at, like, re-education camps in North Korea from our re-education camp in America. (laughs) I'm sure sure they laugh at our re-education camps from the re-education camps in North Korea as well. I guarantee they do. (laughs) Guarantee. That was actually, there was a journalist at the time who did a bunch of satire. It was actually kind of funny. Um, His name is H.L. Mencken. So, like, one of the things he said, this isn't about education, but this is what made me uh, immediately start listening to his quotes, because I realized this guy's hilarious. He was like, bachelors know more about women than married men. If they didn't, they'd be married, too. Which I was like, all right, (laughs) sick burn on women. I'll listen to your next quote. (laughs) So, he he, uh, had a quote about how how the education system was and it was perfect because the erroneous assumption is to the effect that the aim of public education is to fill the young of the species with knowledge and awaken their intelligence and so make them fit to discharge the duties of citizenship in an enlightened and independent manner nothing could be further from the truth the aim of public education is not to spread enlightenment at all it is simply to reduce as many individuals as possible to the same safe level to breed and train a standardized citizenry. Safe. safe. What about the... Oh, no. Safe for... It's Sorry, so that, like... Because at that time, uh, we're still in the, the midst of just... Uh, no, we're in the midst of still, like, royalty just getting their heads chopped. Like, constantly. Like, if if uh, politicians at that time tried to get away with half the shit the politicians do now, they'd just be like, all right, well, let's get the rope, boys. And they just start killing people. So, that's what he means by that. So he goes... Is simply to reduce as many individuals as possible to the same safe level to breed and train a standardized citizenry, to put down dissent and originality. That is its aim in the United States, whatever the pretensions of politicians, pedagogues, and other such mountebanks. Man, I need to learn what that word means so I can insult people with it. And that is the (laughs) aim everywhere else. So, so this was another uh, Frederick T. Gates quote. No, no, no. That was uh, that was that H. L. Mencken. Uh, oh, he H. was. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. He hated how the education system was, and you know, you get quotes from people like even the all the stat- standardized citizenry that they quote here. Uh, how many people like worship like Albert Einstein? Like you know, he's the smartest man ever, and he even he was like never confuse education with intelligence because it's true. Education is. <laughs> 
you are being taught to like gulp down ideas you're not uh that are fed to you you're just taught to swallow other people's ideas not to actually critically think that is not taught in school aaron i I don't think you appreciate the hard work and uh, innovation that goes into writing researching writing probably doing experiments for and defending a thesis in order to get a, a doctorate um, you you wouldn't understand the trials of living in the education system and not being exposed to the real world for an extra six th- th- plus years well six years probably 60 years the people in academics are fucking retards they they've lived such like a disconnected oh, yeah. life I, from I, reality I no, I'm talking about in in general, I'm like, like ed- a PhD after yeah. bachelor's degree. Yeah, yeah, but the people there are like the university system as of like right now is just creating <laughs> yeah. more and more people to fill more and more spots within the education system, and it's like it's just like this self-serving bubble that's like, expanding and expanding, and all these people do not know how to produce anything. They couldn't make anything if you put a gun to their head. They couldn't make anything of value, even if they tried. For for some fields too, it's uh, they're incentivized to stay in academia as opposed to going out into industry and actually doing anything productive or contributing there. Um, and it's it's ridiculous because like some of these people do like they have the potential, like have you know demonstrated the intelligence and the ability to do a lot of good things, but they're incentivized to stick around in academia and you know play around in the lab or writing silly papers for journals for another yeah i've 30 years i've seen phd candidates get like essentially blacklisted by the administration because they toss around the idea of going into like actual business rather than sticking around the university level and doing research and stuff (laughs) like that yeah i it's a really hot topic that happened uh in the the physics department where i was at to a couple people that i knew Somebody tried to go get a job, yeah. and they were blacklisted. And what the fuck, man? <laughs> I mean, it's like the exact, it's the exact opposite of what the university like pitches to students looking to take out a hundred thousand dollar loan for a four year degree. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we already talked about the cult of education uh, yeah. a while back, well, so it makes makes enough sense. We'll take it down to like the most basic thing, where it's like, uh, let's say you just have a history test in like ninth grade. And you're talking about something like they're talking about uh, the Cold War and they talk about like McCarthyism. Uh, If you actually critically think about the problem, you come up with an answer of like, well, I think it's actually just propaganda on both sides. I think the McCarthyism was to create a uh, uh, an enemy to be afraid of. And I I don't think that the communists were I think the, the I don't think it was a foreign communist threat. I think it was like a maybe an you know, internal communist threat. Um, and even the communists is yeah, what they the wanted. Point. Yeah. And so you, but you start to, like, if you actually talked about that and you came up with your own kind of theory on it, they go, Oh, that's nice. Zero on that. That wasn't the correct standardized answer. You got a zero. And it's the people that go, that are really good at memorizing the answer. The standardized answer get to move up. And that person gets A's and they go to college and then they get A's in college if they're even better at it there. And they eventually become a professor and it just moves up that way. So these people at the top of education are just the best people at memorizing the best people at memorizing information and regurgitating it. And then the very top of the ladder are the ones that are able to come up with their own idea and then spread it enough to make the college money. 
but it's not it doesn't have anything to do with whether or not that idea is good it's whether or not it's profitable and then they shield that idea like a fortress because it's a cash cow for them and they won't let anything penetrate so if somebody comes up in that college and says i think this is wrong and that's why this is why gone they're gone from that college they're gone it has nothing to do with critical thinking even at the highest levels especially at the highest levels yeah, we got to this a, a bit a while back with the Science is a Hoax episode talking about um, how the research, scientific research is not based on, uh, strictly based on learning things and, um, you know, being good science and good method. It's based on getting grant money and making the university money and proliferating your methods and ideas to your students and throughout the science community. And it's, it's, it, that, that's, again, it's, it's all incentivized to build and grow like that. Uh, yeah, it's publish your parent. Yeah, tell, tell us more. It's all about yeah. getting to sell your books to the students that you require to take your class. <laughs> oh, dude, oh, isn't that one of the biggest scams of all time? That one's so <laughs> like your professor wrote the book and it's two hundred and eighty dollars, and they're like, "Well, don't worry about it. Your grant money takes care of that." And you're like, "Oh my god!" And that's like the lowest. And that's the lowest rung on the scam ladder when it comes to education by a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that should be an easy one just to like nix out of the system. It's like, okay, this is obviously corrupt. Like, We're going to get rid of it. Let's just get rid of that. And no, it doesn't, no one even fucking cares. It goes right over everyone's head at the, at the university, at like the higher up level of it. Yeah. You're like, doesn't this incentivize his students to never disagree with anything he says? <laughs> it, it, it just a base level. Forget the money. If your teacher wrote the book that he's then testing you on, what would be the point of disagreeing even if everything he wrote about was wrong? You wouldn't. You get A's if you agree with everything he says. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand the concept of like writing papers for classes anymore. I was thinking about it the other day or like I was, I was talking to someone and uh, re realized the premise of just write, writing for conformity and, and if you want to write something good, just go publish it you know, art, online or in some journal and... Or, see what people's responses actually sorry Aaron, tell us more about education <laughs> well Let's go so that's deep dive the history here well that's the start of it yes <clears throat> so one the the foundations the rockefeller foundation went really deep in education and there was uh two benefits to that uh well i guess three three benefits first everyone fucking hated john d rockefeller they were like this guy is a dick that just tries to shut down businesses and monopolizes everything and he's terrible we hate him he's like the walmart of 1900 <clears throat> so <laughs> like literally that's his that's the exact perception people have of him is the same that people have of walmart now um yeah so he gets this basically his pr team together he starts a foundation uh, and they start. They decide that philanthropy is the avenue that they're going to take to a improve his reputation and b create a giant tax shelter for a shit ton of his funds. And uh, and then with that money, the the with the tax exempt money that he has in this uh, fund that he doesn't own anymore, and now it's in this fund that he just controls. Um, they're going to. <laughs> buy a bunch of influence and power. And the reason that gets voted in is because they're going to pay politicians with that, with massive lobbying power and no one can stop them. So all of a sudden, all these different foundations start popping up. Uh, the Ford foundation, the Carnegie foundation, they all start getting into like education. 
um, as one of their primary things in the early 20th century. So the Carnegie's, I mean, holy shit, the Carnegie Foundation for the Advancement of Teaching. And then they have like, they have like sub uh, foundations and, and different funds and all this underneath of each of these like foundations um, that they control like crazy amounts of power. Like this is just one arm of the Carnegie Foundation for the Advancement of Teaching. It's called the Teachers Insurance and Annuity Association of America, the TIAA. And it's a Fortune 100 financial service for teachers for uh, their retirement funds. And they're, they have a trillion dollars in combined assets under management with holdings in more than 50 countries. What? I mean, you expect us not to look out for our teachers and uh, help them, you know, garner a good retirement fund? No, that's all fine. It's the fact that you have these uh, a trillion dollars in money centralized under one company that has that's all tax exempt that they just can lobby with. And, you know, they they have to give some perks to the people they're working for there, the teachers and stuff. But they basically have this giant political, you know, weapon that's worth a trillion dollars. That they can do whatever they want with, and these foundations are like horrifying. And this is one of this is kind of the start of that. I'll say, um, I was I was reading up on that a little bit. There's a there's a nice Epic Times article. Um, apparently, it's part of a series on the history of education. Uh, so I'll need to check the rest of that out. That'll be in the show notes. But um, that in the the fifties, there was a big um, uh, Congress committee investigation into. A lot of this specifically that uh, these foundations were using education as a tax shelter, and they they pretty much came up came to all the same conclusions or analyses that uh, that, that you are right now that you would you'd found yourself. And but, however, it's they didn't end up doing anything about it, and that still is kind of the from what I understand or from looking skimming through right now, that's still the state of education is that um, foundations can still use it as uh, for for promoting their agendas and for as tax shelters and uh, whatnot so um cool good good to know that we've known about the problem for 70 years and haven't done anything about it <laughs> this report came out that this article that, that, sorry, about, that congress knew about the problem yeah this and it came out so, in like 1954 right yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. the investigation like, oh. was 50 to 54 uh Jesus so Christ. so that that congress had investigated and had you know all the evidence back then so i'm sure like you know people who were privy of everything knew about it a while before that the evidence existed a while before that and um it seems like no one see, uh cares or is doing anything about it so then in 19 so in 1914 uh the national education association they start coming out they're like a labor union um so they're like a private labor union that was representing all these different teachers and stuff and uh one of the things they said was, we view with alarm the activity of the Carnegie and Rockefeller Foundation's agencies not in any way responsible to the people in their efforts to control the policies of our state educational institutions, to fashion after their conception and to standardize our courses of study, and to surround the institutions with conditions which menace true academic freedom and defeat the primary purpose of democracy as heretofore preserved in violate in our common schools, normal schools, and universities. So, you know what happened then? Uh, what? The National oh Education God. Association reorganized, moved to Washington, D.C., and 
immediately started opposing merit pay, school vouchers, accountability reforms, and more, and just started largely supporting the standardization of education. And then in 1918, passed legislation that every state requires students to complete elementary school, public elementary school. So the brainwashing starts there. That's where the you actually start the first basic re-education camp style uh, schools. It took them 16 years to basically... Uh, pay off enough people in the government to change it to mandatory schooling. And they already had 16 years of trying to turn everything into their type of schooling. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the people responsible is this. You, you reach it, you read like the mainstream narrative on it. It's like, wow, look what they did for education. Yay! While the people that they're hailing have like some of the most insane quotes ever. One of the things that Frederick T. Gates guy that I talked about that was like the basically uh, worked for Rockefeller and was kind of the architect of this, like how they wanted to set up the uh, education system. He, uh, yeah, he was in uh, this is not a, like a public quote, but it was just something that was told that he said. Um, but he basically said the math instruction should be changed so that it couldn't be applied to life situations when students get out of school. <laughs> oh god! Uh, everyone's aware of that too. Like literally, any person you talk to who has gone to school and taken a math class will have that complaint about the math classes. Like at least that, that, one that student taken. At least one student in every single math class in the country has come out and said, "When the hell am I going to use this shit when I leave school?" Yeah, <laughs> like, like, to, like, like classes start at the beginning of the year with teachers coming up with either some half-assed excuse or even just like dismissing that argument. Like they they don't care either. It's they they just Teach stuff out of the textbook. Yeah, because they have a master's in regurgitating information that they heard, and they think it's important. And they have to think it's important, or else it means that everything they did their whole life isn't important, and that makes it, them yeah. melt down. It basically comes down to, like, the sunken cost fallacy. Like They're like, I've dumped my entire life into, like, knowing and memorizing and learning, like, this mathematic, uh, like, jargon, essentially. And... No one's going to come out and tell me that was a stupid, pointless thing to do. Even though we have a fucking plethora of people right now that are burdened with student loans and college debt that now their college degrees don't apply to anything and don't help them get jobs. I mean, I, I understand that you're going from like the elementary school system, but like the university system, it's the same way. Like these people... They bought a $100,000 degree that is useless and will not net them any return on that. There's no return on investment in, in that degree. And But they, they're still like, well, I, I would have done it still. Like if I had to go back when I was 18, I was like, yeah, I, I still would have done it. Maybe chosen a different major a little bit slightly. But no, I was, yeah, I probably would have just done the same thing. And it's like it was still valuable to me to go through the experience of, of university. Uh, Bob, I, th I think you're um, missing a couple of things, a couple of reasons that all of that is actually the fault of the American public. It's because we didn't vote Bernie Sanders into office who would have forgiven all that student loan. And it's because we're not getting more uh, more kids into STEM, into STEM fields to where they will be using that math in their, their daily lives. So uh, obviously, it's all our fault that we're not making the most of our educational experiences and cooperating with the governments and uh, promoting voting in the, the right beliefs that actually support the democracy of education. 
Gosh, I want to break a beer bottle over your head. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was what's really fun? Uh, this is where this is one of my favorite things in science. This is when I was 18. I also realized like this is the thing that I was most interested in was like breaking down uh, statistics and like different studies and who they're funded by. There's a study called the eight year study, and it basically is what was referenced for years in order to show why the standardized system was better than privatized schools and having a centralized standardized school system was better um okay from 33 to 41 wait, wait so it was, it was it was these studies were run in order study. to prove that point that conclusion that they had already come to yep to a start start out with the, that premise. one study so this study was they opened up 29 schools that were the experimental schools and then they had all their students go there they they tracked these students and concluded that the students that went to these 29 model schools were uh, that were opened and funded by the Carnegies uh, performed as well or better than the kids from the private schools when they went to college. It was an eight-year study. Wait, so, so it was these 20... It was these twenty nine model stu- model schools versus every other school yes. like that already existed that they didn't like actually you know control the variables in this experiment and have uh, different test groups no, within their it was just, study in their new schools. Their it's, it's schools. worse than that, Josh. It's they took these twenty nine Carnegie schools, did a study that was funded by the Carnegies, and concluded that the Carnegie schools were better, and therefore had to model all state public education after this study. Wait, how, how did they prove that these schools were better? Uh, by because the Carnegie said so. And centralized learning is that yeah the car- so, like by standardized testing. Did, did they just like say? <laughs> did they just say they were better, or did they have standardized testing which these schools specifically taught towards? Yep, bingo. That's what they did. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like we, we can make a school that's centralized on standardized testing, and then when we do a controlled study to determine who's best at the standardized testing. It's the the schools that we created to to specify standardized testing. Oh my god, we're geniuses! Hooray! <laughs> yep. And it, and so the car the car, but it's like not even. It's worse. It's like so the Carnegie schools are being researched by a Carnegie research experiment that determines that the Carnegie schools are better based on a test made by the Carnegies. I see no problem here. I, I I love the science. I love the science. I I I love the science. So they have a control. The control is every single part and aspect is controlled by the Carnegie Foundation. That's the control. <laughs> well, that's not what you're supposed to mean when you, when you mean scientific control. Yeah. It's, it's the Avatar episode, the justice system, because it means just us. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. You know, it, I, I love this so, topic. So, uh, just just a second here. I love this topic because, like, yeah. the school systems and everyone involved in them, like, all the fucking teachers and stuff like that, like, they're, like, I hate every single one of them. I hate all these these fucking <laughs> assholes. Especially if it's, like, middle school or, or under. If you're teaching that, I, you are the most intolerable person. And I could point it out. Before you even tell me what your profession is, it's like, I know you're a fucking school teacher. Get the fuck away from me. Because they all talk to people like they're fucking children and they don't know how to change that about themselves. They don't know how to talk to adults. I'm sorry. Go on. That was a little rant. (laughs) 
Well, <laughs> Bob does. Bob doesn't appreciate these hero heroes and frontline workers. That's that's what I'm hearing. Teachers right and nurses now. can go fuck themselves. Well, thank God the unwashed masses didn't get to stop these philanthropist <laughs> heroes because. Yeah, where where would our education system be today if it weren't for the Rockefellers and the Carnegies and the John Deweys and the Frederick Gates of the world? We'd all be cavemen just shitting in our hands Frederick and whipping Douglas at each other. It. Like, obviously, we, like, like you know, when you read those Civil War know. letters and remember how uneducated they all sounded? Yeah. Uh, well, those were all those were all just the rich people sending letters. They, they uh, if you lived in, you know, anywhere that wasn't New York or Washington, D.C. and didn't have, uh, you know government money backing your family and i get you're doing or, a bit or, you know corporate money back your family but <laughs> every one of those letters started off like my dearest abigail tell mama to feed the hogs back at the farm and then it's like the most eloquent <laughs> followed by the most eloquent poetry like poetic letter you've ever read in your entire fucking life and written in like the most beautiful handwriting you've ever oh, seen either like the most beautiful absolute. cursive you've ever seen yeah great <laughs> it, it always looks amazing um and now nowadays well, kids okay. don't even know how to hold a fucking pencil and write their own goddamn signature because we have we have stopped teaching how to use pens and pencils these days it's absolutely well, insane Bob, we have computers now pens and pencils are obsolete so mm-hmm. um as i was saying the unwashed masses didn't get to stop these philip philanthropic heroes um the rockefeller foundation in 1946 generously and with absolutely no strings attached grants the general education board seven and a half billion dollars in 1946 one year wait was this after one year after i don't know uh a shit ton of our strongest men got murdered overseas for no reason um, so they, that's when they start really pumping in the money into the education system. And then, so it, the, so, uh, the house of representatives at the time hadn't all been bought, thank God. Uh, but enough of them that nothing came of this. They started a committee, um, to, uh, it was a research, the special committee to investigate tax exempt foundations. And this was yeah. That, that's what I was talking about. The Epic Times article. Oh, that um, was in that. I yeah, that I think I'm pretty sure that's the same thing. It, it lines up with the time and uh, Congress and all that. Oh, okay, and what they're doing. So uh, uh, I just didn't look at what the actual name of the committee was. Oh yeah, sorry. There it is. Investigators for Congress's Select Committee to Investigate Taxes and Foundations and Comparable Organizations. Sorry. So this on. guy Norman Dodd, the director of research for the Special Committee to Investigate Tax Exempt Foundations, uh, in mm-hmm. 1954, he wrote. It seems incredible that the trustees of typically American fortune-created foundations should have permitted them to be used to finance ideas and practices incompatible with the fundamental concepts of our Constitution. Yet, there seems evidence that this may have occurred. (laughs) (laughs) And then immediately Uh. after, these, uh, these, all the history books start writing, yeah, McCarthyism, blah, 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 blah. like they were all just paranoid, and that's why we can never be paranoid like that again. Don't look into it. Don't worry about it. Like that is their message. That is the message when you're learning about McCarthyism, um, and they show you probably like the most. They try to show you the most schizophrenic, uh, you know, quotes during the time where they're like, you know, if they accuse somebody that wasn't actually a communist or something, they're like, see, this is what happens. 
when you just have these baseless accusations. And that's what they teach you in school to teach you to not question things because it, those guys are just, you know, schizophrenic conspiracy theorists. I, I really need to grab that soundbite because it would be perfect for right now. Or uh, that one lady is screaming. He's like, subjugation is liberation. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even heard that. <laughs> it's really good. I'll have to get it. But God damn, this is this is getting depressing, Aaron. <laughs> oh, yeah. So do, do you have do you have any timeline of uh, um, the say when curricula were standardized across the United States when standardized testing were introduced and some of the progression of that or or just kind of the introduction of that with uh, these, these various foundations and individuals? Well, I'm sorry, repeat that. Do you do you have a, a timeline or any any particular um like years when say standardized curricula and standardized testing were widespread introduced across the United States? Nineteen fifty two was really where it was like exact like that's where like legislation and shit came down that made basically public schools exactly how they are today. That is continued in perpetuity, where it's like a standardized okay. just go to school at eight. Go home at three thirty. You know, you get so it's like a daycare for Americans because that's when they, that's when they got women because women were starting to enter the workplace a out of necessity during World War Two, and then they got to keep them oh, in. Yeah, and that's when they changed it to basically being a giant daycare. Uh, you know, turned it into a cubicle job for children, where they get to just educate them on how to be, uh, as they said, docile safe citizens that will never question authority education used to be the woman's job but now it's daddy government's job learn learn like a man at your public school i don't you you get you get the point (laughs) oh it's crazy and so that that is where your education comes from 100 percent, by the way and uh there was an article called the foundation machine um where they were talking about uh so they, the Carnegie uh, Foundation uh, did this like philanthropic endeavor to get textbooks to like low class, like these, like the poor schools. You know, when they always have these initiatives to get textbooks to like poor kids. Yeah. So they had these things. They were called program text. Couldn't possibly be using a textbook from 1980. Yeah, you program textbooks um, is what they called them, and uh, how this. Uh, the lady that wrote about it, she was like, uh, these were distributed to culturally deprived areas and stated that these young children are being indoctrinated with a pattern of antisocial ideas that will completely and violently alienate them from the mainstream of American middle class values. That was in 1968. What has happened to the poor people in America, especially in the inner city? Do you, Would you say that they've been taught a pattern of antisocial ideas that will completely and violently alienate them from middle class American values. Does that sound like she might have been yeah, fucking yeah. spot um, on? No, <laughs> Bob's face. <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so it's not just the the news media, the cultural media, the um, you know the ed wealth gaps and um politicians and everything else in our lives that is working to 
divide and bring us into conflicts with our fellow Americans. It is also the educational system, the education system that is specifically designed, tailored towards creating divides in America. That's that's what I'm hearing right now. Oh, yeah. And basically anybody born in 1940. Well, let's go. Anyone born post-World War II has spent their entire formative years in a state education camp. Now, the good thing is, and why it doesn't, it didn't seem, it seemed a lot better for like, maybe like your grandparents or, uh, you know, some of the older generations, um, is they were being taught by people who didn't really get brought up in that. So it hadn't really caught on yet. It, you know, it, it, it takes a while for it to catch hold. So it, to educate the educators. Exactly. Exactly right. So once you get that new, you get the people in 1952 that were five becomes an educator when they're like 30. So you're talking 70, late 70s, early 80s, when now you have the educators that have already been indoctrinated starting to be the ones teaching. And now, I mean, when we went to school, it was... uh, I'm going to say 13, 14, 15 years after that, when I was going to kindergarten and you're talking about the second generation, the, the my educators are all the people that were taught by the educated educators. <laughs> so like, and when did it start going full downward spiral into just like, Oh, something's wrong. By the time we got to that, like second, third generation of educators, it's just like, oh, this is exactly what they said they were going to do. And it's that's what school is now. <laughs> I think it re- well, really Aaron, kicked Aaron. off really kicked off in like 2010, 2012, really. Right? Or it started compounding on itself so much where like education just lost the plot and jumped the shark. Yeah, yeah. It, it's become so asinine now. I mean, especially when it comes to university with like the giant financial Ponzi scheme that is like the because it wasn't enough just to have uh, these mindless, docile slaves. You also have to have them in like unpayable debt that you're not allowed to, com- you know, file bankruptcy on, so that you are forced to be a cubicle slave and just go like, "Well, I guess, I guess my master's in uh, theoretical art was uh, worth it." And there then- is no theoretical art degree, Aaron. Please don't <laughs> strawman it like that. It is an art history degree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, Bob, I know many, uh, many well-off, wealthy art history, uh, uh, having paid their student loans off, art history major individuals, but I, I don't think that's a good example. I think we need to go towards the, uh, the communications and... Sorry. Yeah, are baristas... <laughs> yeah. Is Starbucks paying that much now for art history majors? <laughs> hey, hey, Starbucks is giving everyone a free education through... Uh, what was the, the, was the Arizona one? The online Arizona University? I'm oh, blanking. Phoenix? Uh, University Phoenix, of Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix University of Online. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, One of those like pseudo colleges. Starbucks is giving all their full-time employees, all their full-time employees in education through Phoenix University. And uh, pseudo college, Bob, that is all colleges right Yeah, now. I was going to say the, like uh, people. The number of universities, the, the Columbia, or the, the number of top universities, I think like including Columbia because there's a big lawsuit involved and Georgetown and whatnot are still doing classes online for uh, the majority, if not all of their students. Uh, the, it, I think it's the universities 
like DeVry, like Phoenix, that have mastered the art of teaching via teleconferencing services that have uh, are really providing kids with a quality education right now, as opposed to these overpriced, overhyped prestigious universities. No. The BO's giving people quality education. <laughs> Aaron's taking this like way too seriously. It was a bit. It was a bit. <laughs> You, you can you can tell the value of what we're saying, of what each of us is saying, by me having to come up with 500 ways to say it and spending possibly a minute plus on just complete bullshit being spewed out of my mouth and Aaron being fucking concise saying, no. So, that was the greatest I, shit. No, you know what it was? Is this whole, for some reason, Josh's brain has broke this episode because he's, he's tried to, he's done like, Four on four different occasions, he's done a minute long setup to a joke, and then says, "Ah, never mind." Right at the punchline, and I'm like, "What the, f- what the hell are you doing?" There is no punchline. There is no punchline, though. No, it's just it's, like it's. He's younger, and he's been in the even worse version of the school system, and his Manchurian candidate like programming kicks in. He's not allowed to. Uh, talk bad about the uh, Carnegie education that he's been getting. So. <laughs> <laughs> so so Aaron I want to I have a, a legitimate question um, so you're talking about how starting especially in the 50s and going on that the whole of the education system has been fucked and has been uh, kind of limiting individualism originality innovation and, and all of that but but yet we've seen in the last 70 years an unprecedented amount of innovation and entrepreneurship. I mean, look at Silicon Valley and the whole startup culture and computers and how where technology has gone in the last 30 or 40 years. Um, you know, look at everything that we've accomplished and how different the world looks today, uh, both technologically and culturally, than it looked 50, uh, okay. 60, I get, 70 I years get your ago. Point here. Surely, I get your point here. Hold on. I will, I will answer that okay. very easily. Okay. Um, yes. We... Put coyote poison in our water. We uh, mock anyone who says that's bad. We uh, we simultaneously, and by we, I mean just the majority of people, simultaneously believe that the flu got killed by a piece of cloth over your mouth for sometimes. If you put a piece of cloth over your mouth sometimes, then the flu goes away. And that... That, that is unbelievable. That, that was like... That, that used to be, a few months ago, that was a conspiracy. That was a, the, a punchline of a joke. And now we got PBS NewsHour saying, oh, we have one flu death this whole year. No, wearing that hasn't been conspiracy. Super safe and hygienic. They've been, they've been bragging about that. And then at the same time, though, they simultaneously believe that. And they also believe that a different virus is spreading because people aren't wearing masks. At the same time, conflicting ideologies. I believe two things at once. Um... Aaron, I, I, it's it's called double think. It's not as conflicting as you think. Our <laughs> it's totally reasonable to, to believe in those both things that are mutually exclusive. Aaron, did, did you did you not take theory of knowledge class in high school and learn like how to double think correctly? <laughs> yeah, the only he's too busy getting his fluoride. I did, watch I did take every that Friday. class. Yeah. It was possibly about that or not about that, but I did take that class. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the innovations that we've come up with in seventy years has been. Um, the standardization Facebook. of citizenry, for one, and uh, the internet. Wait, what? We've come up with the internet and mobile phones. That's that's it. If you really think about it, that's it. Computers, the internet, and mobile phones. 
which is be- but what about the advancement in medicine too that's uh 50 70 years ago there medicine would not be recognizable compared to what it was today with the uh, the, the pills and surgeries and we have uh, made me- nutrition advice that doctors- we any this is the things that we've actually made advancement in anything that you can't uh you don't have to theorize on so like you can you come to me and say I have a phone that can call somebody in Sweden, and then that guy has a phone and you have a phone and you just call him and see if it works. Like if you don't get to talk to him, then you, <laughs> so they can't like. There's no theoretical aspect to it. They're like, oh, maybe if we pump you full of chemotherapy, that that's what cures cancer, despite like ninety percent of people dying that have it and it does almost nothing. Um, but despite that, we'll just keep doing it. Um, because we can just say that it might work because once in a while you don't die from it because it, it costs a lot. Uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly. Why. So like the, the parts of medicine that we actually have made incredible strides in is something that you can't fake uh, traumatic surgery. Like medicine is really good for like trauma shit. Like you get in a car accident and you're losing a lot of blood and they need to sew you the fuck up and to keep you from dying. Like, that's the kind of thing. You have a tumor in your head that they need to remove and they have to actually open up your skull to do it and you don't die. Like, that's the shit we've made because there's no faking it. They're not like, well, maybe it worked. It's like, well, is the fucking tumor gone and or and am I dead? Like, those are the two. Uh, yes and yes. That Like, yes and no. Uh, okay, yeah, perfect. Then it worked. Like, then you can't fake it. So surgery, yes. Medical, like, uh, medicating things, they've found out a way to make a giant cash cow out of it. And uh, a lot of times, so if they create the disease that they're treating, and sometimes the treatments make it worse, literally. Sometimes. Well, what I'm hearing is that the pharmaceutical companies need to be investing more money for for hospitals and for medical centers to be conducting scientific research in order to better demonstrate that their products. Oh work. no, they do plenty of that. Um, they have their own foundations that we <laughs> just talked about tonight. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> fucking, I know. No, I know. <sighs> I if I if you're gonna do these hypotheticals, I have to at least fucking respond to them. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have you, to. Do you look down on a listener that much? Have they? <laughs> have they? <laughs> <laughs> tried telling the people that run these pharmaceutical companies to just stop being bad. Like, <laughs> I I uh, I think we have enough sarcasm, or at least I have enough Ooh. sarcasm in my voice that uh, the listeners don't need to see my face to understand that um, what I'm saying is complete and utter bullshit. But uh, Josh's go on, go on, void and emotionless face over here. Yeah, that's adorable <laughs> that he thinks he has inflection. I'll, I'll cover it up. <laughs> <laughs> what I am able to emote to humans? <laughs> Can't you tell I'm being sarcastic right now? But yeah, there's that's my that's my education spiel. Everything you've ever learned has basically been set up by the Rockefellers and the Carnegies. Just just putting that out there. Well, I'm starting to think that every every billionaire philanthropist is like actually just like a super villain that that the media like loves and 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 loves to support rather than being like that guy's fucking evil over there. Don't don't do what he's telling people to do. Don't take that check essentially. Yeah. Uh, okay, he- hear me out. 10 Lex Luthors and no Supermans. 
<laughs> yeah, basically. probably like a thousand Lex Luthers, but yeah, and no Supermans. You're right. Yeah, You're, yeah it's about a thousand of them uh, out there. They're they're terrible. Um, it really requires you to just stop trusting them. Just realize they're all Lex Luthor. If you if you come to that realization, every one of these billionaires that's doing anything philanthropic and they tell you they have something great for you that's not going to cost you shit. They're selling you some kind of poison or they're controlling your brain somehow. So the water that is, wait, the water that is produced out of uh, human feces that Bill Gates has developed, uh, we, we shouldn't be take, drinking that, should we? No, he's literally laughing because he just wants to make people drink <laughs> poop water. <laughs> I believe that's what they call a shit-eating grin. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right, let's wrap this up. So, I, I, <laughs> so there, what's your guys' take on this? What's it, what, like Now that this is my spiel is over, what's your... Like, do you have any counter arguments to like how fucked up that is, or so? So my my premise or argument already, or that I've been going with talking with people already, is that the education system is fucked beyond repair, or at least beyond um, a good standardized repair or a government repair. <laughs> a good standardized repair. It's everything. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so, and that um, the best benefits or the, the best way that we can help kids with education and to, you know, improve their place in society is through stuff outside of school, through stable family structures, through out of school, like, you know, at, at activities and like uh, mentorship and all of that, where uh, I, I think there's, I, I've had no faith in the public education system for forever now. So I, I uh, that, that's kind of my thoughts on this but like even after after learning all this tonight it's that oh this is why this is fucked this is uh it's literally just everything else that's fucked in the world whether big corporate interests and um trying to manipulate and program people for their their own gain and to uh, create a fucking politicized helpless system here um, so we need to do as much as we can outside of that or get away from this, the public education system with our kids or they'll just get fucked up as well. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where you, uh, there's a big difference and you learn to, you learn the, the biggest point that you can learn, the, the biggest takeaway you can take from this. And everyone already knew that the education system was fucked up, but everyone made the mistake of thinking that it's out of incompetence. And it's not a malicious, purposeful act. And that it was designed to be yeah, this okay, way. There we go. It yeah. was designed, and it was there. There was a full blown intent to turn it into the system that we have today. It's upheld it because they reward yeah. the incompetence, but that's on purpose. Yeah, I don't well, have. I don't yeah, have I, a. I think the. I think the. Or whatever. Go ahead. That's a dumb point. Bob, you go. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't have a counter argument because I 100% agree. I think if you look at the public education system as it stands today, like it is an abject failure. And you just you just delivered a great explanation of how our education system got to how bad it is today. Like it, it made everything fall into place and click into an understanding of, holy fuck, like the people involved in this scam and this shit should be drawn and quartered. Well, yeah, and Every that's the single- thing. They they don't even hide it though. They literally tell you this is what we're going to do, and all you have to do is look at it and go, "Oh fuck, okay," and just be able to shed some of your preconceived notions. It's not incompetence. It's on purpose. 
You are literally in a fucking animal farm for these people. They're, you're there like so the they nine, can milk you. Well, it's just like the 9-11 stuff. Like, you can go back in history and, and look at Israel's foreign policy objectives before they were even a state. They were saying, we need to destroy Syria, Libya, and Iraq. And it's like, oh, we're in a war right now with Iraq and Syria, and Libya <laughs> is, like, no longer, <laughs> like, assault, like, its own country. So, that... But that's why the what is a history book question is legitimate because <laughs> these pieces of information did not make it in the history book. They yeah. clearly were left on the cutting room floor and left for no one to remember. And if you look them up yourself, you are uh, an anti-social nonconformist. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's one of those things where if you have to, if you are a person that believes every, uh, ma- you don't believe in conspiracies. Let's say you just don't believe in any conspiracies. Whatever the majority opinion is, you believe all of all that every time what the amount of coincidences that you have to string together that you believe are just coincidences is more uh, it's more realistic that you win the lottery every single day for the rest of your life like that's the mathematical odds of all those things being coincidences is that um aaron Aaron, these are the people who are regularly buying lottery tickets i think (laughs) Just, you know, successfully yeah. put yeah, two that's, and two together. That's the brilliant part of this scheme <laughs> is that the education system has developed people that just not like it, like all the time, every other day, buy lottery tickets. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're a normal person when you only buy it with your fr- you buy a bunch with your friends when it hits one billion dollars, and that's the only time you ever think about it buying a lottery ticket. And and honestly, you know, you're not going to win. It's just so you have a week of dreaming what it'd be like to win a billion dollars. You know, it's not even that's- real. The su- success of the education system is directly correlated to how many lottery tickets are sold every year. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. That, that, that's how the Carnegie's knew they won the study. How the schools won the study. We, we found the scientific metric right there. Yay! Perfect. <laughs> now, Bob, speaking of science. I love science. Oh, let's get a Carnegie-funded okay, uh, space report. Space.com, the first ever space Space hurricane hurricane detected over the North Pole. (laughs) Sorry. Any planet with plasma and a magnetic field could be a victim to these violent space storms, researchers said. The place with no atmosphere has a storm. (laughs) Well, it's not it's not a traditional storm as you or I would know one. It's, uh, you know, like plasma magnetic current or something, right? Or magnetic uh, field, excuse me. Well, let's look into it here. For the first time, astronomers have detected a powerful 600-mile-wide, 1,000-kilometer hurricane of plasma in Earth's upper atmosphere, a phenomenon they're calling a space hurricane. Hey, let, hold on. I got a question. Uh, yeah. Since this is what a 1,000-kilometer-wide hurricane, um, do they have a picture of it to... Uh, show us what that looks like like a real picture not this they, they have, have this animated art- thing which looks like the g- <laughs> artist's concept. yeah it looks like the green lantern is trying to suck a bunch of locusts through a vortex yeah. it uh, yeah on on this page it actually says below the the picture here which is like a bring a, a, a big green lantern like vortex it's a, green, it's a green shuriken and some dust spitting out it's, yeah the green it says artist literally looks like the green hurt the green lantern cgi it just yeah. looks like that from the shitty Ryan Reynolds Green yeah. Lantern movie, too. <laughs> Artist concept of space hurricane pouring plasma high over the North Pole. 
Uh, oh. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll read this line. Uh, made from a tangled mess of magnetic field lines and fast-flying solar wind, the hurricane was invisible to the naked eye. However, for weather satellites, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That pass over the North Pole detected the formation not unlike the typical terrestrial hurricane. Oh my god, this is like the dumbest shit ever. Solar winds? Solar winds! Are we going to make... Do, do, you not, do you not believe in solar winds, Bob? Are we going... You know, if we, if we had, we, we're <sighs> developing we... solar sails uh, right now. It's, it's a real technology that... I, I research for it's, the space technology episode it's on not, alien it's not stuff. a wind it's not it's not an actual wind well <laughs> like, it's there's no well, atmosphere it's, it's like this isn't an actual hurricane yeah. but it's very similar to one it, it, it rotates the same direction as Coriolis effect hurricane would in the north guys the I, hemisphere. I, I, so like obviously i don't know how to break this to you it's it's <laughs> it's not a real wind uh, yeah and it's not even real space we can't confirm any of this shit it's a bunch of fucking liars that are funded by the same psychos that put up the fucking education system we just talked about. Just so you know, it's all funded by a bunch of Lex Luthers. They even got a Nazi <laughs> scientist to head the whole thing when they started it off. Like, what was wrong with that? How many of these scams do you have to wade through to stop believing them? All of them are scams. That space is fake and gay. It's not solar winds I, aren't real. You could never test for it and any amateur that's ever shot a fucking rocket up can't make it to space, no matter how good the rockets are and how fucking fast they're going. The only people that make it to space are government space agencies. I, I love this, by the way, at the very end of the article. It asks, should you fear the space hurricane? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, every day I'm afraid of a space hurricane taking me... I love that. Tonight at 10 o'clock on what, ABC what if we had News. Space Katrina in Northern Canada. <laughs> the Hurricane Katrina in Northern Canada. That situation. It would still, even um, in Northern Canada, uh, even, even in Northern Canada, Canada, a space hurricane would still affect minorities more than white people. <laughs> yeah, those, those poor, uh, those poor Inuit indigenous peoples. Yeah. Would be uh, beca because of uh, you know where they live in these uh, the, the inner city igloos. They <laughs> could could the space hurricane? Just, I could stop there. Could the space hurricane be involved with the polar vortex? Not that even just hit Texas. Okay, how, how long before this? Hold on. This if this article comes true in the next year, just I I retire. Uh, space hurricane radiation mutates coronavirus in Inuit populations in Canada. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> That'll be the greatest prediction ever. <laughs> right here. Like, on... Every country has a strain now. Why does Northern Canada not have their own strain? Yeah, you're welcome, CIA IA bot Mutation that's writing whatever. nonsense articles for retards to read. I mean, don't you don't have to insult Josh Start like that right in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> And that is uh, stuffhop.com slash deepvs to go find all those fake articles. Um, in case, in case anyone's one. Uh, so I, I, I love this article how it starts out and at the end they have the comment, uh, this is the first observed space hurricane. And then right after they explain uh, plasma and magnetic fields in the atmosphere of planets exist throughout the universe. So the findings suggest that space hurricanes should be a widespread phenomena. 
And they're like, it should be this common thing that happens. But we literally every year just every noticed whatever. it. Yeah. <laughs> we literally just noticed it. Oh, if only we had more satellites in the right positions at more times. Let's put some more satellites yeah. up there. That we, sounds like a great idea. We just guys. proved it. For science. For this is important, important science. Thank God we have Elon Musk here to give us more satellites. Yeah, we proved it, guys. We have one artist rendition of what it might look like if we could see in a fourth dimension. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> they made a 3D model of it, too. They made a 3D model of it, too, in case you were wondering. So that we have, like, two artist renditions. God, I fucking hate, I hate every, everything about this. This is, this is what results when you have, like, Publisher Parish, Rockefeller and it, Carnegie Education. There you go. This, this is what this you like get. This, like, pumps me up. I love reading shit like that. It pumps me up. It gets my heart beating. You know, like, I want to go to the gym or something it now. Makes me- <laughs> so... In conclusion, homeschool your kids, guys, or they'll be fucking, they'll believe in space hurricanes, and you'll have to feed them through a straw because they're too retarded to chew their food. Don't look at me like that, Josh. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna send my kids to a magnet school. I don't, <laughs> a magnet school? So I'm going to send my kids to a, a magnet school that specializes in STEM so that they can uh, uh, grow up and work for NASA. I'll make sure I buy them plenty of uh, lunar launch yeah. Lego sets, too, so I'm, that they're I'm, inspired. I'm sure this school will hire fucking insane clown posse to be their professors, too. <laughs> what the fuck are magnets quote? <laughs> All right. This has gone on long enough. Thank yeah. you, guys. Call, uh, be sure to call in and uh, agree with Bobby's correct take that I am the not retarded one of the group. At uh, 1-833-666-0911. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you fucking learned shit that you would never learn in those goddamn Carnegie schools. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Stay in school, Stay in school kids. <laughs> Oy vey. You've got mail. What the fuck?